Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. So I was reading this piece in the Wall Street Journal this morning about how Chinese propagandists, Chinese communist propagandists and the Chinese Communist Party, you have to learn to read their propaganda in the media and you have to learn to read it upside down. In other words, if they say something like, you know, we uh, Chinese government in their propaganda papers cleans up mine accident. That usually means the mine accident was a result of the Chinese government. You have to learn to read the news upside down. I thought about it in terms of a Michael Goodwin article about the top 10 lies told about Trump. And I thought that's how we have to learn how to read American media, too. Everything has to be upside down. The lab leak is a conspiracy theory. That means the lab leak's probably through. Dipsy do flipper flipper little uh little high karate. Joe, remember high karate? Wasn't that like an aftershave or something like that? Little oh, yeah. bit of little one eighty. You got to flip everything on its head. I got more of that today. Mm-hmm. Also, is anything they ever told us about the coronavirus actually true? More evidence they've been lying to us the whole time. Hey, you have the right to privacy online. Defend it right now. Get a VPN. Go to expressvpn.com/slash Bongino. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Let me get right to it. I've got a ton of video today. These, this New York Post uh, article, which is fantastic. And Merrick Garland, the attorney general, freaking out about the Arizona recounts and election audits, which tells me again, upside down, flipperoo, high karate aftershave. That means Eric, uh, Merrick Garland is really afraid of something. Read everything upside down. Today's show brought to you by Helix Sleep. Listen, they have a quiz takes two minutes to complete that matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. Why buy a mattress made for someone else? With Helix, you're getting a mattress you know will be perfect for the way you sleep. They have several several different mattress models to choose from. Soft, medium, and firm mattresses. Mattresses that are great for cooling you down if you sleep hot like I do. Even a Helix Plus Size mattress for plus size sleepers. I took the Helix quiz. I was matched with the Midnight Luxe mattress. It's fantastic. I needed something that felt firm. I love it. For me, I can't, use, I can't sleep on anything else. The only problem with traveling, I love my mattress. It's been awesome getting unboxing videos from any of you who found the mattress of your dreams. With Helix, the mattress comes right to your door. You don't ever have to step in a mattress store again. They have a 10-year warranty. You get to try it out for 100 nights in a sleep trial risk-free. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it. You will. Helix is awarded the number one best overall mattress pick of 2020 by GQ and Wired Magazine. Helix offers exclusive discounts for military, first responders, teachers, and students. Helix is offering $200 off all mattress orders, and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash Dan. Go today. All right, Joe, let's go. Here we go, baby. Here we go. Thank you to everyone, by the way, who tuned in to my Saturday night show, Unfiltered, on Fox News Saturday at 10 p.m. I hope you saw a big difference off prompter this time. That was kind of out of my head. The only thing I was reading on the prompter was when I put those emails up. More me. So, you know, more out of my head. More, Even though the monologues were scripted by me and my team, um, I think it's far better. So uh, I hope you liked it. All right, let me get right to this. So here is this tweet by Peter Daszak. Remember Peter Daszak? Peter Daszak, who runs the EcoHealth Alliance. The EcoHealth Alliance got some of your taxpayer dollars and they sent it on to the Wuhan lab. You know, the Wuhan lab that was doing dual research, military research and civilian research on viruses. 
Peter Daszak right in the middle. Follow me here because this is critical. Almost nothing you've been told stands up to scrutiny anymore. It appears it was all a lie. All of it from the start. Only the biggest scandal of our time. How this virus made its way out of China and killed millions of people across the globe. Only the biggest scandal of our time. Here's a tweet by Peter Daszak. He says, important error in this piece, he's scrutinizing a media piece. He says, no bats, bats in all caps, no bats were sent to the Wuhan lab for genetic analysis of viruses collected in the field. That's not how the science works. We collect bat samples, send them to the lab. We release the bats where we catch them. So there's Dashak. That is on February 18, 2021. Dashak again, who EcoHealth Alliance, who we sent money to, he runs the EcoHealth Alliance, which made its way to the Wuhan lab. When is this guy ever going to tell the truth? Is it going to happen? Because I saw this this weekend on social media. This is from Sky News. I want you to check out this video piece. So Dashak told us, no bats in the Wuhan lab, folks. No bats. And because our American media is like a Pravda-like Soviet propaganda outfit at all times, what happened? The American media, of course, parroted that. Oh, no, don't worry. There's no bats in that lab. Well, here's Sky News doing the legwork. Listen to this report where they actually show you video of bats in the Wuhan lab. Check this out. They do not have live or dead bats in them. There is no evidence anywhere that this happened. It's an error that I hope will be corrected. Well, tonight, explosive footage from inside the Wuhan Institute of Virology indicates his statements are wrong. It is not a conspiracy to say there were live bats at the lab. It is a fact. And as you can see, this video shows bats in a cage at the Wuhan Institute. You can also see there a researcher feeding a bat with a worm. And in this image, we can see researchers out capturing bats and a bat even hangs off a researcher's hat. In another image, there are mouse cages hundreds of them. We know that the Wuhan Institute of Virology was using humanized mice for experiments to see which coronaviruses could infect humans. In some experiments, they used the humanized mice to make viruses that couldn't previously infect humans do exactly that. So again, I'll get to this journal piece a little later in the show where Soviet propagandists, tyrants and fascists, the way they manipulate the media is you have to learn to read the story upside down. In other words, whatever Soviet communists and fascists put out in their Pravda-like media propaganda outlets, probably the opposite is true. Sadly, ladies and gentlemen, our media is emulating the exact same tactics. I, whatever they tell you, I, I, it gives me no joy in saying this at all. You have to do the dipsy-doo flipperoo, the 180. You have to do an Aikido move and say the opposite is probably true. So the media told us, uh, there was no gain-of-function research where we were making paying for super viruses to be created in China. They told us that. No gain-of-function research. Fauci told us so. And they told us, yeah, no bats in the Wuhan facility in the Wuhan Institute of Virology. If you do what I'm telling you to do going forward, to read these stories upside down, you would have realized immediately that that means that they probably definitely were doing gain-of-function research and that they definitely had bats. Here's Nicholas Wade, who's been doing a lot of homework. He's an actual journalist, researcher on this. Here's Nicholas Wade in a video appearance here as well. He has been all over this lab leak story from the start. And here he's saying it's time for them to just admit people like Fauci, 
that maybe you made a mistake. It's okay. Listen to me, ladies and gentlemen. It's okay to admit somebody made a mistake. That's okay. It's not good. It's not recommended. We don't love it. But it's okay to say we made a mistake. We did not want to pay for bioweapons research. We didn't want to pay for gain-of-function research in the Wuhan lab. But it happened. Maybe it slipped through the cracks. We missed it. Let's correct it in the future. That's not what they're doing. Fauci was up on Capitol Hill and insisted that we were not paying for this viral manipulation gain of function research. Here's Nicholas Wade saying, man, just step up, buddy. Daddy-o, just admit we may have made a mistake. It's time. Check this out. It's clear that the Wuhan Institute of Virology, particularly Dr. Zheng Li Shi, was was doing, uh, they report, they published an experiment in, in 2017, which seems to me to go way beyond the terms of the, of the moratorium, however loose its language is. And I think we're going to see in the next few weeks, uh, uh, Dr. Fauci being asked, well, even if he didn't think he was supporting any gain of function research at the Wuhan Institute, is this research published by Dr. Shing a violation of the terms of the NIH grant to, to Wuhan? And I think at that point, we may see Dr. Fauci say, well, Dr. Shi was doing illegitimate research. She was doing research which I did not authorize, but was forbidden by the terms of the grant we gave her. And I, I don't know that's the case, but I think that would, I think it's possible. This is how the, the situation will turn out. Just tell the truth. Americans are generally a very forgiving people. I think what's irritating everyone about Dr. Fauci is his obstinate nature. He refuses to back down in the face of overwhelming evidence that what he told us appears to not be true at this point. Just fess up, man. Say you financed, whether you intended to or not, through the programs that his the, that his government entity paid for, some of Xi Zheng Li's research, she, he's, uh, she's referenced there in that Nicholas Wade video. That's the bat lady in the Wuhan Institute who was responsible for a lot of this research. She's also the one who wrote this paper and left out the double CGG fingerprint. I discussed it on my Fox show on Saturday night. The double CGG fingerprint. It's the code in the virus that they can't find in nature, maybe in nature, but they haven't found it yet but does exist in the lab. Lab researchers insert that into viruses. Ladies and gentlemen, that's in the coronavirus. And the Xi Zheng Li bat lady who got some of our money from Peter Daszak and his EcoHealth Alliance, who told us no bats in the lab, conveniently wrote a paper about the coronavirus and omitted the double CGG. How is that? Why did she do that? What do you think? It was a mistake? Again, she didn't have her Sanka in the morning. She missed out on the caffeine. She didn't have a, you know, she needed a Viverin and she missed it. You think she omitted that by accident? She admitted the, omitted the double CGG from her paper because she clearly didn't want the fingerprint out there that could have shown it was created in a lab. And by the way, where are the blood tests? Where are the blood tests from the three lab researchers in the Wuhan Institute of Virology working with Ji Zheng Li in that lab? who turned up sick in November before the virus made it out of the lab or right around the time it made its way out of the lab. Where are the blood tests from the three researchers in China? This stuff isn't hard, folks. We just have to get people with some cojones out there who are going to demand answers. Almost nothing we've been told is true. 
Here's that Wall Street Journal article I discussed. This is important. Because again, if we can't diagnose their tactics, the left and the media, then how are we going to fix it? It's like someone walking in and saying, you know, I don't feel well. And everyone says, well, take an aspirin. What do you have? I don't know. I don't care. Well, aspirin might not be the, might not be the recommended remedy. We have to diagnose the problem first. We have to learn their tactics. This is a great piece this morning. Perry Link, Wall Street Journal. Beijing protests a lab leak too much. Strong evidence that the virus escaped. The Communist Party's vicious attacks on anyone who speaks out. Perry Link. He has a great line in here. And we have to learn to diagnose the media problem in the United States. How this is a, this is a Soviet propaganda style issue. Yes, this gives me no joy in telling you this, that our media are no better than Pravda and Chinese communist propaganda outlets. Sadly, many of them are even worse because they pretend to be journalists. No one really took Pravda seriously or the Chinese uh, media outlets. The media here pretends they're nonpartisan fact tellers and truth tellers. It's total bull. You get the point. From the journal opinion piece, this is great. He says, Hey, many years ago, a distinguished Chinese writer, Wu Zhuzhang, explained to me that there's truth in Communist Party pronouncements, but you have to read them upside down. If a newspaper says, quote, the party's made great strides against corruption in Henan, then you know that corruption's recently been especially bad in Henan. If you read about the heroic rescue of miners somewhere, you can guess that a mine collapse might have killed hundreds who aren't mentioned. Read upside down. There's a sense in which the official press never lies. It cannot lie. It has to tell you what the party wants you to believe. And if you can figure out the party's motive, which always exists, then you have a sense of truth. Ladies and gentlemen, incredibly, learning to read the media stories upside down, incredibly the same tactic works here with our media. I'm not kidding. This is not meant to be a satirical show. It's not meant to be a joke. It's not meant to be cutesy time or funny time. I am deadly serious. I am as serious as a heart attack. I am not kidding. When you go through these stories I'm about to go to in this fantastic piece by the, uh, Michael Goodwin in the New York Post, it'll be in my newsletter. It's called My Top 10 Media Lies by Michael Goodwin. My newsletter you can access at Bongino.com slash newsletter. Subscribe for free. The same tactic of learning to read truth in media headlines, but reading the truth upside down absolutely works here. We're going to go through it piece by piece by piece. But first, I want to start because he addresses this first in the piece. Obviously, the lab leak theory. I just told you, whatever the media says, make sure you view it upside down. When they call something a conspiracy theory, that probably means it's not a conspiracy and it's not a theory that it actually happened. Here, check this video out. Here's the Democrats suggesting the propaganda line that it's just a conspiracy, the lab leak, and watch the media follow along right away. Check this out. What a fraud this is. What disinformation. What a pathetic and transparent effort to distract America from what's really going on. What the president is saying about China is interesting. It's an interesting diversion. And COVID-19 is acting as an accelerant to conspiracy theories. Making it the target of conspiracy theories about the origin of the virus. A group of local television stations across the country are set to air a baseless conspiracy theory. Was that GOP oversight on, uh, on uh, Twitter there? 
The video. There it is. Read the story upside down. There is a, I shouldn't, I, I, I incorrectly described that before in Precision Matters. There is a conspiracy. They're not lying, but that's not the conspiracy. The conspiracy isn't to make up a lab leak theory. The lab leak theory was the conspiracy. Got to read it upside down. So let's go through this Michael Goodwin uh, piece because it's really incredible. And you'll see how every single story they've put out there, you ha- there's an element of truth. It's just not the truth you thought. Here, from Michael Goodwin's piece, he says, remember lie number two, the Muslim ban that wasn't? Or lie number three, the mantra that the 2017 tax cuts were only for the rich, despite studies showing 80% of the population benefited? How about the kids in cages firestorm, complete with gripping photographs of migrant children in metal containers? Ladies and gentlemen, read them all upside down. There is some element of truth to it. Yes, in all of this. Let's go through them one by one in the New York Post piece. Were, under the Trump travel restrictions, some Muslims may be banned under the Trump? Yes. You said, gosh, Dan, you said the Muslim ban is fake. It is fake. Muslims are not banned. But some Muslims were, may have been banned under the Trump travel restrictions. But it was not a Muslim ban. If you entered the country as a Muslim, you were free to enter the country before and after. Therefore, Muslims weren't banned. But there's always an element of truth to the media's absolute garbage BS nonsense. On the Muslim ban. Check this story out. This was from Observer.com. The Obama administration helped make Trump's Muslim travel ban possible. Democrats have forgotten that Obama was nicknamed the deporter-in-chief. Folks, the so-called Muslim ban, which didn't ban Muslims, which would make it a terrible Muslim ban because it didn't ban Muslims. That's not what it did. Banned a certain, in a certain timeline, travel from certain countries that had a problem with terrorism. Whether you were Muslim or not was irrelevant. Where did those seven countries come from? An Obama era, era piece of legislation from The Observer. Quote, as opposed to being an anomaly induced by Trump's presidency, the ban was set in motion by Barack Obama's administration. Yes, I read that right. In December of 2015, Obama signed into law the Visa Waiver Improvement Program and Terrorist Travel Prevention Act, which designated Iraq, Iran, Syria, Yemen, Sudan, Libya, and Somalia as areas of concern. Why do those countries matter? Because they're exactly the same countries President Trump used for the travel ban. It had nothing to do if you were Muslim, Jewish, Catholic, Christian. You could not be from those terror-laden countries the Obama administration designated as such. Learn how to read the story upside down. There is always an element of truth. It's just not what they want you to believe. Was there people, were there people, excuse me, who were Muslim who may have been banned under the under the restriction? Yes. Was it a Muslim ban? No, it was not. It was a ban from certain countries. It didn't matter if you were Muslim or Jewish or whatever, as I just said. But if you're a sucker, which means you're a liberal, you probably fell for that. Not only did you fall for it, you probably promoted it too. The second part of that first cut had the, uh, the tax cuts for the rich. You know that was nonsense. We've explained it on this show often. The third one I'm going to get to in a second, the kids in cages. Again, 
how Goodwin's piece is just terrific because were there some, just like were some Muslims banned under Trump's travel restrictions? Yes. Was it a Muslim ban? No. Were some kids in cages under the Trump administration immigration policy? Yes. Who started the kids in cages? Flipperooski. Flipperoo and you'll get to the bottom of it. All right. Today's show brought to you by Stamps.com. Are you still going to the post office? Still paying full price for postage? Well, thanks to Stamps.com, you don't have to anymore. Send letters, ship packages, and pay less, a lot less. With discounted rates from USPS, UPS, and more, Stamps.com brings the services of the U.S. Post Office and UPS right to your computer. It's a must-have for any business. Whether you're a small office sending invoices, a side hustle Etsy shop, shipping out orders, or just navigating the hybrid work life, Stamps.com handles it all with ease. Simply use your computer to print official U.S. postage 24-7 for any letter, any package, any class of mail, anywhere you want to send it. We'd be lost without it here. Once your mail's ready, just schedule a pickup or drop-off. It's really that simple. With Stamps.com, you get discounts up to 40% off post office rates and up to 66% off UPS shipping rates. Not to mention, Stamps.com is a fraction of the cost of those expensive postage meters. Stamps.com is really a no-brainer. It saves you time and money. What else could you ask for? It's no wonder nearly 1 million small businesses already use Stamps.com. Don't waste any more time at the post office. Go to Stamps.com instead. There's no risk. Use my promo code DAN, and you get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and the digital scale. There's no long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to Stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the page, and type in DAN. That's Stamps.com. Use promo code DAN. Stamps.com. Never go to the post office again. Don't waste time. Don't waste money. Check them out. Okay, back to learning to read the media upside down. So Goodwin covers in the piece, line number, was it line number four, three, four, he's the top 10 lines, the kids in cages. Remember, they showed all these pictures in the media, the Trump administration policy. Oh my gosh, kids in cages. You have to understand what they do, the Democrats, folks. I've seen it behind the scenes. Pay very close attention to this. The Democrats don't ever run on anything of substance. Of substance. Their entire agenda is a lie. You know, tax cuts for the rich, you know, school choice doesn't matter. We're defunding public schools. It's all BS. They make it all up. None of it's actually true. So the Democrats like to talk in focus group tested talking points. And what they'll do is they'll test things that resonate, things people remember. Now, it doesn't matter that they're lies. If you read that Wall Street Journal article I told you in the beginning about Chinese communist propaganda and reading stories upside down, one of the things they mention is this. This is devious. That the Chinese Communist Party laughs at us when it comes to analyzing their propaganda. Because they don't care if it's a lie. All they care about is, does it work? Sound, sounds like our Democrats here, doesn't it? You think the Democrats cared that the kids in cages was a lie? Look at this Washington Post piece by Nick Miroff. Kids in cages? Colon. It's true that Obama built the cages at the border, but Trump's zero tolerance immigration policy had no precedent. You get what they did there? They did the same thing the Chinese Communist Party does. They don't care that the kids in cages was an Obama policy. They don't care that they're lying. As long as the lie stuck, they don't care. All they care about is did it damage Donald Trump? They don't care about their reputations. We have to understand that. Again, learning to diagnose their tactics is the key to treating this disease of our corrupted media. We have to diagnose the tactics. Read it upside down and understand that they don't 
care if it's a lie. All they care about is did it work? Appealing to their morality? Oh my gosh, you media people are liars. How do you look your kids in the face? I've done it. I've done it. Candidly, it's probably not very effective. The most effective tactic is to expose the tactic so we all learn to recognize it right away. The kids in cages were Obama's policy. The quote Muslim ban was from countries Obama designated as terror problem countries. Can you read? If you're a leftist, do you even do any homework? Or do you just make this up as you go along? Here's another one from the Goodwin piece. Again, you have to learn to read it upside down. Lie number five. He has 10 of them. We can't get into all of them, but I'll get to the the big whoppers. Lie number five was the Ukraine impeachment of Trump. A creative fiction based on a complaint from an anonymous member of the swamp who never testified. But others did to say the president, uh, but others did to say to the president in trying to get information on Biden family corruption in Ukraine was guilty of high crimes and misdemeanors. Was the president guilty of high crimes and misdemeanors? Because now that we have the Hunter Biden laptop and we've seen a bevy of information indicating that President Trump's call to Zelensky was perfectly appropriate because Joe Biden and Hunter Biden do have a big time corruption problem and possibly a criminality problem. Do we need to go through this again, ladies and gentlemen? Here it is right here. I keep it handy right on my desk. There's the receipt right there. Hunter Biden's laptop. Hunter Biden's signature, bill to Hunter Biden, has Hunter Biden's phone number. We redacted it right there. It's his phone number. It's his computer. Nobody is denying that Hunter Biden turned over a computer with a cornucopia of emails indicating he's been corrupted by China, Ukraine, and Russia. Nobody denies it. And yet the media, what do they do? They turn everything upside down. Yeah, there's a corruption scandal in Ukraine, but it's not Biden's corruption scandal. It's Trump's. Flipperoo. Flipperooski. Here, you need more evidence? Here's a picture from the laptop. Again, I even circled it for you. There's Joe Biden with Hunter Biden and their oligarch friends from overseas at the same meeting with the Ukrainian business partners and the corrupt business deal. Hunter Biden had no business grabbing. Now we fight. what do they do? They flip it around and they blame it on Donald Trump instead. And it works because our media is entirely corrupted. Here, here's another one. The 10th lie. Goodwin says the 10th lie remains active. So the truth is not fully emerged. The subject now is ballot integrity. We've had a really extremely shady 2020 election. So he says, with ballot integrity, which the left demonizes as improper voter suppression. Joe Biden made the astonishing claim that demands for photo identification are the new Jim Crow. Really? Voter ID is the new Jim Crow? Can they make, can, I mean, can, can, they, can they make that assertion while providing some evidence? That's a serious thing to say, is it not, folks? So the Democrats' big lie now, there are 10 big lies, but the 10th, the last, is that these voter ID claims are somehow Jim Crow keep keeping black people from the polls. Folks, if there were any evidence to that, you would most certainly be able to prove it. If there were new Jim Crow laws keeping black people from the polls, then black voter participation should have gone down 
down after voter identification laws were implemented. Is anything I'm saying there perplexing to the liberal listeners out there? Well, if that's the case, as we discussed last week, and I'll put up here again, then why didn't voter participations by minority groups go down after voter ID was implemented? As a matter of fact, upside down, read the story upside down, dipsy do flipperoo, voter participation amongst blacks and minorities actually went up. Heard upside down. You doubt me? Unlike these losers in the media, we produce actual evidence. Quote Wall Street Journal. The share of blacks who voted in the midterm election in 2018 climbed 10.8 percentage points to 51.4%, which was similar to the increase in white turnout, which went up 11.7 points. It says, but Democrats still blame their defeats in the Florida and Georgia gubernatorial races on voter suppression. Census data shows otherwise. So you may say to yourself, the midterms, all right, midterm elections in 2018, Voter turnout was uh, voter, voter turnout was 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 not suppressed. Black turnout, white turnout, Hispanic uh, turnout went up. Again, read it upside down. If it's the new Jim Crow keeping minorities from the polls, they're doing a really crappy job, folks. If you're a liberal, you're probably saying, "Well, Dan, that's just the midterms in 2018 and the 2020 presidential election." They definitely kept black voters from the polls. Really? Okay, here's the census.gov. Census.gov. Jacob Fabina. Despite pandemic challenges, 2020 election had largest increase in voting between presidential elections on record. A little more there. Fascinating. Check this out. Turnout rates in 2020 were higher than in the 2016 election for non-Hispanic white, non-Hispanic black, non-Hispanic Asian, and Hispanic race and origin groups. Everything they're telling you is false. The story is upside down. Learn to find the nugget in there. Flip the script on it. And you'll get to the truth. All right, I want to get to Merrick Garland in just a stunning statement this weekend, which shows you again. Read it upside down and you'll see the Democrats are panicked about these election audits. They felt like there was nothing wrong. They wouldn't be panicked about it. Hey, listen, we're in Omaha Steaks house here. The only downside, again, of reading this spot is I get very hungry reading it because I love Omaha Steaks. It makes my mouth water. Omaha Steaks is an amazing limited time Father's Day offer just released for my listeners. Go to omahasteaks.com and enter the code Bongino into the search bar and order the Dad's Best Grill Pack. Listen, I absolutely love their burgers. I love their New York strips. Omaha Steaks meat with the little grill lines on them. Mm. Nothing makes for a better weekend. For $99, get to get yourself the, uh, go to omahasteaks.com, enter the code Bongino in the search bar and order the Dad's Best Grill Pack today. For $99.99, you'll get 28 of Omaha Steaks' favorite entrees, four bacon-wrapped fillets, get ready for this, four boneless pork chops, four premium boneless chicken breasts, eight gourmet jumbo franks, plus the all-time favorite of my daughter, Amelia, who eats all of them and nobody gets to touch them. Made from scratch, caramel apple tartlets. Really, don't come over my house for these. My daughter eats them all. Omaha Steak Signature Seasoning Packet as well, and eight free filet mignon burgers for only $99.99. You'll never eat another burger again. It's an unbelievable offer at a 59% savings. These packages are selling out fast. Don't wait. Go to omahasteaks.com, use keyword Bongino, and order the Dad's Best Grill Pack today. 
That's omahasteaks.com. Enter keyword Bongino for a 59% savings and eight free filet mignon burgers. Hmm. See, that's the only downside. It's very distracting that because I get very hungry thinking about my Omaha steaks and my burgers there. Toast a little bun, some pickles. I like mustard on my burger. I know that's heresy for some of you, but I like it. Makes a little ketchup in there too. You like that? You the mustard guy to burgers? What about you, Justin? You like guacamole in a burger? Okay, you're uh, fired. Immediately. Mustard, Joe. baby. Mustard. Yeah, what about you? Yeah, mustard. Mustard. Yeah, me yeah. too. Yeah. Justin's fired. Get him out of here. Escort him out of the building. <laughs> Paula, get this kid out of here. Guacamole. It's like my daughter. These kids are so foo-foo. My daughter, we go into this fresh market place, whatever it's first watch. For I like to eat there. You know, breakfast is really great. And my daughter's always like avocado toast and stuff. I'm like, avocado? We couldn't even afford butter. We like had that fake butter when we were kids, you know, like it wasn't even real butter, like fake butter, you know, butter spray or something like that. Remember that? I don't know. Yes. I can't believe it's not butter. Yeah. It's cause it isn't right. Remember that right. product? Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I, I got some stuff I got to get to. I'm sorry. See, I get off track. These guys are, guys are making me laugh. Kids fired instantly. Sorry. It was nice while it lasted. Why is Merrick Garland? So what's he so worried about folks? Listen, this should be common sense. If you're comfortable with the results of the 2020 election, nobody can go back now and vote again, correct? The election's over. Can we just put out some basic facts, some tautologies here? The election's over. You can't vote again. The votes that are cast are stored. They're stored in a certain spot. And the Constitution clearly gives state legislatures the ability to conduct elections as they see fit. Auditing an election... In other words, just reviewing what happened. Why would that be even controversial? Now, some people, to give both sides, because it's important we're more informed than the left, because the left never gives both sides. They only give their side, which is always a lie, and you do the flipperoo and you'll get to the truth. Some have said out there, well, it establishes a dangerous precedent for the future, an election audit after election day. Why? I'm, I'm serious. I'm not messing with you. Explain to me why that is. If no new votes can be cast, there's a solid chain of custody and proper security in reviewing the ballots, reviewing signatures, and making sure the people who voted actually were voters and not zombies and dead people from like the Officer Rick Walking Dead episodes, then what's the problem? If anything, that enhances voter integrity and faith in the system. Please explain to me how it's the opposite. Now, if we were doing election audits and there were evidence these companies doing the audits were creating new votes, go, hey, look at this, we found an extra vote, wink it or not. Yes, I would have, I don't care who won, a Republican or a Democrat, that would be a real problem. Can we all agree? You'd have a fake election audit, wouldn't be real. There's no evidence that's happening in these audits now that there's any fraud at all, none. So why is the Attorney General of the United States, Merrick, I'm going to call him Eric Garland because like Eric Garland, what's the, I mean, what really? What's, what's Eric's problem here? He doesn't even deserve America. What is this guy's problem? Why is he so freaked out about these election audits? Back to the journal piece. When you do the flipperoo, he's going to make it out in this 30-second piece of audio like he's all about uncovering fraud in these audits and preventing voter intimidation when he's doing the exact opposite. He's intimidating voters who voted for state legislators in Arizona and elsewhere who want to get to the bottom of what happened in their elections and see if there was any fraudulent activity. Check this video out. We will apply the same scrutiny to post-election audits. 
to ensure they abide by federal statutory requirements to protect election records and avoid the intimidation of voters. In that regard, we will publish guidance explaining the civil and criminal statutes that apply to post-election audits. And we will likewise publish guidance with respect to early voting and voting by mail. Why are they so worried? Why are they so worried? By the way, we would agree with you if the guidance for voting by mail and election audits made any sense. But that's not what he's saying. In other words, if we had pre-established pre pre-election procedures, vote by mail, you should include a driver's license number or a social security number for an anti-fraud measure, should put a picture of your photo ID somewhere, and we establish ironclad procedures to ensure the people who voted are the people who voted and not dead people, and there's not a zombie constituency, I would be all in with Merrick Eric. But that's not what he wants. He's trying to intimidate states away from doing this. And by the way, can I just say one more thing on this? He's a paper tiger on this, folks. There's nothing he can do. He can try all the lawsuits he wants. These states are perfectly within their constitutional rights to audit their election results. He has no ground to stand on here. None. This is nothing but him trying to intimidate people. Again, always read the story upside down. Merrick Garland. Hey, we're all concerned about potential, you know, fraud and intimidation and voter audits, which means you're intimidating people because you committed fraud. Upside down. All right, moving on. So this is, um, can I be candid with you for a moment? I'm having a little bit of trouble with this one because I don't do conspiracy theory. I don't do it. When I can back stuff up, I talk about it. And if I can't back stuff up with actual evidence, not conjecture, but actual evidence, um, I prefer not to. But folks, I got to tell you, this isn't, this is getting to the point where it's beyond weird. I want to show you some video. This is a guy by the name of Christopher Sign. Christopher Sign is a journalist, an actual journalist. He was the one who broke the story about the infamous Clinton-Loretta Lynch tarmac meeting in the Phoenix airport just days before Jim Comey effectively exonerated Hillary Clinton in that dreaded press conference back in the summer years ago. Remember that? Jim Comey goes out, lays out the case against Hillary Clinton, and says, well, no one would prosecute her. So, and then Loretta Lynch goes, we're going to move on. Remember that? Well, just days before Loretta Lynch, the attorney general at the time, met with Bill Clinton on a tarmac in Phoenix where they said they were discussing, I don't know, yoga or something discussing recipes for dumplings. Who the hell knows? The reporter who broke that story appeared on Fox and Friends a while ago. And I want you to listen to this. His name is Christopher Sign. Check this out. You've paid the price for this career-wise. What kind of, you know, what kind of threats or what have you received? Well, my family received significant death threats uh, shortly after breaking this story. Uh, Credit cards hacked. Um, You know, my children, we have code words. We have secret code words that they know what to do. Um, And that's why I came back to WBMA, ABC 3340 in Birmingham, Mm -hmm. because when I was enduring the death threats, it was my former Alabama football family and my teammates, my coaches who circled around me. Wow. Read all about it. Uh, You can get the book right now, Secret on the Tarmac. It's at ChristopherSign, S-I-G-N dot com. And on Amazon as well. 
Well, we'd love to interview Christopher Sign about that material. The problem is Christopher Sign is dead. Mm. Washington Examiner story, Dan Shaitlin being my newsletter today. Reporter who broke story on Clinton Lynch tarmac meeting found dead. I'm again, we're just asking questions. If we're, if we're is it okay? Are we allowed to do that? A whole lot of people keep turning up dead in that Clinton orbit. It's just um, beyond bizarre at this point, folks. It's very rare. You know, listen, Joe, Gee, Justin, all of us, none of us do like conspiracy stuff. But my gosh, like, what? Ugh. If I get anything out there, I'm, again, I don't report on stuff until I can, I don't do conjecture. But this is just beyond strange at this point. Hey, um, this was just kind of a tragic, tra- I mean, hilariously tragic, tragically hilarious. I'm not sure what the order is, but I discussed this a little bit in last week's show on my radio show. And did we hit it on Unfiltered too? I don't remember so many shows. I'm forgetting what I actually spoke about in each show. But I've talked about, it's been an evergreen topic, on which Joe can vouch for me, the war on language. How the left's war on language is critical to advancing liberalism. Critical. Because when you can win a fight before the fight even starts, you don't have to expend any energy on it. And the left's war on language is the way they do that. The way they get to categorize you as an istophobic phobophobe, misogynist, homophobe, transophobe, racist, xenophobe, the way they do that is by constantly changing the language and keeping you conservatives out of the loop. If you call a boy a girl, you're a transophobe. Uh, you know, or the, or a girl, a boy, or vice versa, you're a transophobe. Um, if you use the improper word, if I forget if it was, um, there was that article if it's gay or homosexual, if you use one of those words, if, I forget, I don't even remember which one, one of those words is supposedly homophobic because they said it is, not because you're actually homophobic. Um, that's a story I tell often. I read that article years ago and I was like, which one? I'm showing you like, I don't even, I forget which one it was. Um, but the latest war on language is you are definitely a transophobe if you dare use the term mother. <laughs> Joe, this got me thinking this morning. You're a music guy. Remember the song by Pink Floyd? Mother? Hmm. Imagine that song now, the new term. I'm going to play some video for you in a second of Javier Becerra, as Joe Biden calls him, Javier Baccaria. Uh, Javier Becerra up on the hill with Senator Lankford from Oklahoma. The left wants to change the term mother to a birthing person. There are no birthing people who aren't mothers. None. Um, there are none of those ever. So I thought of that song by Pink Floyd. You ever hear the song? Mother, do you think they'll drop the bomb? You ever hear the tune? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I used to like Pink Floyd. Yeah, again, Joe knows this. It was, a very, it was a pretty famous song from Pink Floyd the Wall. And I thought about, like, how would that song go if the left took it or something? Yeah. Birthing people, do you think they'll drop the bomb? <laughs> Birthing people, do you think they'll like this song? Mm. Birthing people, do you think they'll try to break my balls? That's an actual line from the song. Of course, it's mother. But the song just doesn't flow well. Birthing people, do you think they'll try to break 
my balls. I don't know if you're allowed to say balls in the Pink Floyd the Wall Street. That's probably homophobic, transphobic, histophobic, phobophobic, too. You're, you're referring good. to the genitalia. I'm not sure. But, Joe, the song, correct, you are a music guy. I am not. Joe's an actual musician. The song just doesn't sound good with birthing people in there, correct? It doesn't fit, dude. No. Thank you. It's terrible. It's not only is it, it's awful enough that I always choose to sing on the show, despite my obvious lack of any vocal talents whatsoever. But the song, when you insert leftist terminology of it, just sounds ridiculous. Are Pink Floyd transophobes now? You better have them change the name of that song to birthing people rather than mother. Here's James Langford, who, um, you know, I'm, I'm iffy on sometimes. But Langford is questioning Javier Baccaria, otherwise known as Javier Becerra, up on the hill because HHS, which he heads, wants to change that terminology for mother the birthing people. And uh, you can see Baccaria's up there like he's got to know in his head this is probably of all the dumb things they've done on a scale of one to a thousand. This is 999 easily because there's always room for improvement on the stupidity scale. With the left. Here's Baccaria. He's like he's got to know in his head. Gosh, I look like a real moron here. Check this out. But would you at least admit Calling a mom a birthing person could be offensive to some moms uh, that they don't want to get like a happy birthing person card in May or I mean, can you at least admit that that term itself could be offensive to some moms? Senator, I'll, I'll go back and take a look at the, the, the terminology that was used and, and I can get back to you. But again, if we're, if we're trying to be precise in, in the language that's used. Mom's a pretty good word. That's that's worked for a while. And I think that's pretty precise as well. It's worked like for, forever since like with the origins of consciousness and the breakdown of the bicameral mind for you Julian Jaynes fans. Yeah, it's, it's only since we were since we said, I think, therefore I am and conscious thoughts brought it out. Mother's just been fine. Birthing person. Do you think they'll drop? This is <laughs> yeah. It's only funny if you've heard the song, if you haven't heard this song. I can't play it because they'll be, you know, we don't have the rights to the tune. I, my singing is so bad. It resembles nothing like the song, so it won't trip any YouTube censors at all. Yeah, Bo, oh, yeah that's true. Yeah, Guy brought up a Joe, Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> Mother, wait, birthing person. Ooh, it just doesn't work. I'm sorry. Birthing person. <laughs> Listen, do not, don't underestimate the power of mockery with these idiots. Don't, even Alinsky, right? Alinsky understood in one of his rules. I, I do this stuff deliberately. There is a power to mockery. People hate being mocked. But if you're doing this, you deserve every... Listen, I am absolutely about forgiveness and living in a higher moral order. But let me tell you something. You're going to destroy our society and try to pump this propaganda up our kids' butts. They're not mothers. They're birthing people. You are going to get called out. That was That's a funny one. That's even better than mother. Birthing person. <laughs> <laughs> I wish we had the rights to these tunes. I would play them, cut out the word and stick birthing person. <laughs> it would sound so stupid. <laughs> now, I did these stories this way for a reason. You know, let me get to my last sponsor. I appreciate your patience. Our sponsors love to be here to talk to you. They keep the show free and I really appreciate it. But I want to get to how the war on language 
You like how I tied this together? We can flip that upside down too. The left wants to use war on language tactics to attack us. How about we attack right back? Maybe we should start our own war on language. Oh my gosh, Dan, that sounds immoral. No, that's not immoral at all. The tactic seems to be working quite well for them. So I've got a little war on language piece from Town Hall next year. Not going to want to miss. This one's good about COVID by Scott Moorfield. It's in the newsletter. And then I got a Republicans pounce. So let me wrap up today, Guy, without Republicans pounce. Uh, hey, free email services like uh, big tech email providers aren't really free. Ladies and gentlemen, free services usually means they're selling you you pay with your privacy. In fact, internal uh, internet giants uh, exploit your data by selling it to the highest bidder. Did you know about that? Big providers have a business plan. They take your data and then they can sell it on to people like drug companies and whatever. Email surveillance is a real risk, folks. It's always been a risk. That's why I use Startmail. Startmail keeps my email private, period. Every email can be encrypted. Catch this. Even if the recipient doesn't use encryption. When you delete an email and start start mail, it's gone forever, like forever, ever. Start mail uses their own servers, not big techs, which means they can't be put out of business. Switching to start mail is seamless, too. You can easily transfer all of your current email data so there's no starting from scratch. Start mail is also backed by the most stringent privacy laws in the world. You get unlimited anonymous aliases. The feature protects your main email address from spam and phishing attacks. Listen, you know, I've I have taken a stand from day one against big tech and their intrusion into your lives. Your email is probably the biggest repository of information on you out there. Protect it. Your cybersecurity has never been more at risk. They snoop and these email scammers are taking advantage of people. Phishing scams are all over the place. Take control of your privacy today with Start Mail before it's too late. Start securing your email privacy with Start Mail. Sign up today. You'll get 50% off your first year. Go to startmail.com slash Bongino. That's Startmail with a T, S-T-A-R-T, startmail.com slash Bongino for 50% off your first year. Startmail.com slash Bongino. Go today. Okay. So speaking about the left's war on language, how about we take the tactic and we do a dipsy-doo flipperoo ourselves, you know, upside down, like I mentioned at the beginning of the show. Why not? So Scott Moorfield has a great piece in town hall called not one inch to COVID stand. That's a hat tip to Steve Dace, who uh, coined that term. Maybe we should start manipulating the language as well to take it to the leftists that thought it would be a good idea to dissolve all our civil liberties like an Alka-Seltzer tablet under the guise that they were doing it to protect us from a pandemic. I didn't see a pandemic exception in the Constitution. I'm pretty sure no one on the staff has seen that either. There's no appendix to the Constitution we all missed, right? This stuff doesn't apply in the case of a viral outbreak. Didn't see that. I missed it. You can show me. I'm open to any, uh, any data that says otherwise. I doubt you can find it because it ain't there. So Scott has some suggestions as well for the language referring to the COVID stand tyrants who think there's an exception in the Constitution for the virus. First, he discusses, he discusses the branch Covidians. He says, for example... Those who accept the lockdown and forced masking line without questions or an ounce of critical thinking, they're the branch Covidians because a more apt description for an actual member of a violently destructive cult could not possibly exist. Their leaders, the high priest of Wuhan, is, of course, Dr. Anthony Fauci. So we have branch Covidians. On the next one, he describes a little bit of a war on language, too. He talks about the Covidians. Covidians. I hadn't heard this one before. 
COVIDians, they do dumb, unscientific things like wearing two masks or even one in a car alone or on a bicycle trail because they think doing those things will somehow protect them from the worstest plague ever. Not a typo. So you have branch COVIDians, you have COVIDians, and finally you have COVID Stan. Scott says, and fight we must, continually, doggedly, and without compromise. Because COVID Stan isn't a place where dissension is allowed, where ideas are batted back and forth, and the best are allowed to rise to the top. It's a religious dictatorship run by quasi-cult leaders in white jackets whose sole purpose is their own power, wealth, and fame. Folks, that book ends the show, I think, perfectly today. Man, there's a lot of connections today. Remember Pink Floyd, The Wall, Joe? Is this where we came in? If you played the record, there was the end of one side said where we came in, and then the opening of this, is this where? So if you played it on, it was, is this where we came in? That was on that was on the wall, I believe. Was that the wall or dark side of the moon? I think it was the wall. I think it was the wall, dude. But odd. I think. The wall, right? You know, we're talking about mother, the birthing person. Do you think they'll drop the bomb? Pink Floyd, the wall, is this where we came in? Well, isn't this where we came in? They're going to manipulate the language then we should call them out, the COVID Stanians, who want to implement tyranny to advance Chinese propaganda using Chinese propaganda tools under the guise that they're advancing freedom. No, no, no. That's not what's, <coughs> excuse me, that's not what's happening. And we're going to call them on it. And yes, this is where we came in. All right, our final story today. You know I love Republicans Pound Stories. Thank you to everyone in the listening audience who has been forwarding me on Republican Pounds, Republicans Pound Stories. I find them hilarious to read. Republicans Pound Stories, of course, are with stories where, where the Democrats get busted. Lab leak, uh, it's a conspiracy theory nonsense, collusion hoax stuff or whatever. The story never becomes in the media about the Democrats' failures ever. The story becomes about Republicans' response to the Democrat failures in a way to get the story away from Democrat failures and back onto the GOP. You have that lighter, Guy? <laughs> That's the first time I can see it on the screen. I've never actually seen that before. I can hear it, but I've never seen it. That's pretty funny. Here is the latest Republicans' pounce by Nathaniel Weichsel. This is hilarious. The Hill. Now it's not pouncing. Now it's attacking. GOP attacks on Fauci at center of a pandemic message. You see what they did there? Once, thank you to the listener who sent this in. Once you pick these out and you see them, you can never unsee them. The story isn't about Fauci, as we discussed in the beginning, and what appears to be some obvious untruths about our supporting of a dual research bioweapons lab in China that was involved unquestionably in gain-of-function research, had bats there, and may have created a Chinese super virus that was unleashed on the world. Not, that's not what the story's about. The story's about the GOP, and they're pouncing on Fauci, which is at the center of their pandemic message. They do it all the time. Once you see it, you will never, ever unsee it. All right, folks, thanks again. I really appreciate it. Uh, I got a speech tonight for those of you in South Florida. I'll be talking to Club 45 uh, down there. They always get a packed crowd. Florida's become a hotbed for conservatism and fighting for freedom and liberty. I think they got a 1,300-something ticket sold, so I'll see a lot of you out there tonight. Thank you, and thank you again. I mean it. Uh, really, you, the, the viewership of my Fox show has been insane. Unfiltered with me, Dan Bongino, Saturday at 10 p.m. Set your DVR. Uh, that monologue in the beginning, that was all me, so we're taking a bit of a different, different track. 
all the all the warts and all in there. I don't like teleprompters, so I hope you liked it. I got a lot of great feedback. Thank you very much. I'll see you all tomorrow. You just heard Dan Bongino.